Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up. Never shut up. Never Good morning, everyone. Today is Thursday, January 11th, 2024. I'm your host, Rose Cress, and today we pulled The Fire Eater's Wife. So this is a small, a short song, a woman of very few words, very few words indeed, a demo of a song that went before a Beauty Queen for the Boys for Pele album. So she says, if you see the fire eater's wife, mm, tell her I heard what she said that night. What would this world be like? What would this world be like without nasty girls, without woman words, without hot little ones? Oof, I am hearing this to my core. What would this world be like without nasty girls? And here's the thing. It's not like people, these nasty girls are inherently nasty. Like that's not their core identity because I can be a nasty girl to somebody, even though I don't think I'm a nasty girl. And most people don't think I'm nasty. Most people don't think I've got those viper-like words because that's not really my identity. But there, I'm sure, I'm really sure that there are some people that just do not like me. I'm one of those people that like people like me, people love me and then people like hate me (laughs) I mean I don't I don't know that I've really encountered anybody that just doesn't like me it's like it's not like they don't like me it's like they really don't like me like I am just that gross uh -uh person to them so there's always kind of those feelings associated with it for me is like just this oh I hate her All right. I mean, to each their own, but I just think that's funny that I encounter people that, you know, like, and I guess there are a few of them. I don't know. I mean, you don't hate me because you're listening. I can't imagine that you would listen to this if you didn't like me, right? If you hated me. But I don't know. Maybe you're into that kind of stuff. Maybe you're really into that kind of stuff. And then which one of us is actually the nasty girl, right? Nasty boys don't mean a thing. But in any case, in any case... No, my first name ain't Baby. It's Janet. Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. Uh, shout out to Corby, who absolutely loves Janet Jackson. I mean, I'm sure a lot of you love Janet Jackson, but that's all I can think of when I hear nasty. Besides the point, I digress. I digress. So a nasty person isn't inherently nasty. Like, that's not who they are. Somebody in that person's life loves them. Somebody is devoted to them, thinks the world of them, and has never seen a nasty side of them. So we can't inherently be nasty. So why are there nasty girls? Why are those words out there that cut like a knife? And I go back to just the memory of the story that she tells about Beauty Queen, which is kind of, I guess, the greater soundscape in which the Fire Eater's wife lives. And it's about capturing the moment of the girl in the bathroom as she's putting her lipstick on and how she feels about herself and that she's not confident. And so this is maybe Fire Eater's Wife is that moment, the split second before that, where the other girls were saying nasty things. It's like a high school moment, and there's just that nastiness. And if we think back to our high school moments, we really begin to realize and understand that in those moments, we felt insecure. We felt incomplete. We felt 
not confident. There was just this complete lack of confidence. Of course, you're finding yourself in the world. So really, this song is about recognizing that we put our lack of confidence, our lack of knowing who we are, that responsibility starts to live on other people. We place it on other people and we give other people the power to make us feel not good about ourselves because no one can actually make you feel anything. So we feel not good about ourselves. We see somebody winning. We see somebody getting somewhere. We see something good happening for somebody. And we think, well, that's not happening for me. And we, or we realize that's not happening for me, that that's not where I am in my life. And then we feel bad about ourselves. Well, what am I doing with my life? I mean, forget the fact that you might not even want to do what that person is doing. I had that happen a couple months ago. Somebody was telling me about somebody that I know and, you know, choice they were making and, and all of that. And I started feeling bad about myself. I was like, oh, well, they're really doing something and blah, 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 blah. And then I thought, wait, you don't want to do that. Like, that is not something you want to do. You're actually doing what you want to do with your life. You're where you want to be in the world. Um, You may not be reaping the financial benefits as you would like. I mean, could I go work at another job and make more money doing that? Absolutely, but I would hate myself. I would literally be completely and utterly unfulfilled. I am very emotionally psychologically fulfilled in my life and I'm where I want to be I'm doing what I want to do I'm you know helping people I'm reaching out to people so comparing ourselves to other people mm, this is such a downfall and that's what this is where would this world be like without these people that we place the blame on so the practice there's actually two practices that I'm going to offer up for you today And they're simple, easy practices. But we're talking about this lack of confidence. This is third chakra energy. Your third chakra is how you say that. Not chakra, it's chakra. The chakras, the word comes from from Sanskrit. It means a spinning wheel. The concept comes from India. I could, well, why not deep dive a little bit? Um, We get the introduction of chakras. The One of the main books that introduces it is Charles Ledbetter's work. He wrote a treatise on the chakras in like 1910. And so that was kind of really introduced that way to the U.S. or to the Western world. It also kind of filters through because there's um, some Vedic influence in Western culture. It's a really wonderful book called, I think it's Vedic Revolution, I can't remember, by Philip Goldberg, where he talks about the Vedic influence. And Vedic is um, another word for Indian philosophy. I'm like really simplifying here, but that's okay. And the influence of Vedic knowledge in Western culture. So it's filtering through in a number of other ways, but we can really point to Charles Ledbetter's kind of erroneous work as to what happens and that influence on our culture and influence on our understanding of what a chakra is. So these chakras are, I mean, they're kind of always spinning. I see a lot of people like, oh, let me set your chakra to spin or let me do this. And well, that's not quite how that works. (laughs) That's not quite how that works. Ultimately, we kind of want to transcend a chakra. So getting really stuck in and working with it is mm, ultimately we were more than that. So we don't want to be kind of base level 
like sink down to well let me align and balance my chakras we do want to balance there but we also want to transcend but so as we work with third chakra energy we're, what we're really working with here is that sense of going forward um, our fears our uh, constrictions around our sense of self-worth in the world and so it's that confidence, that confidence to move forward. This is also the place where we steal energy from each other. So those nasty girls with those nasty words that seem to cut all the way to the core of you right in your solar plexus region, your stomach region, that's that energy pull. So right now, no matter what you're doing, let a part of your mind imagine a sun, a radiant globe of golden energy right at your solar plexus region. Solar plexus is between the navel and the base of the ribcage, the stomach region. And you're imagining this golden globe of energy, brilliant, bright, shining. It's a sense of inner radiance. It's who you are. It's no matter what those nasty words are, what other people are doing. This is who you are. And as you're breathing, imagine that this golden orb of light energy at the solar plexus region is growing, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Now you can take it further if you'd like. Spend more time imagining this golden globe, this golden orb growing, shining bright if you'd like. But that can be enough, just touching in, taking three breaths. And most importantly, letting your light shine but not overpowering other people with your light. So you don't need to be the gifter, <laughs> for lack of a better word. You don't need to be the one that turns around and becomes the nasty girl to others. By letting yourself shine, you are not becoming a nasty girl. By letting your light shine, being who you are, being your radiant self, you are offering a gift, you're offering a light, a permission to other people for them to be themselves. Don't dim your light. Don't dim who you are. It's one of the, mm, oh, it's such a terrible thing to do. I mean, it's, if you're dimming your light for other people, think about it. You're basically saying, well, I need to not shine so bright so that you can shine. As though somebody can't shine without you not shining. And I say this from my personal experience. Once I stopped dimming my light in a lot of situations, I discovered that certain conflicts kind of just went away. I mean, not, not always, because some people are just going to be who they are. But for a lot of those things kind of went away because I realized I was dimming my light and how insulting that was for other people. And so they weren't trustworthy to shine their own lights independently of mine. So that was the first practice. The second practice, I just really felt called as I was prepping for this this morning. My teacher, Rama Jyoti Vernon, many years ago, we were in conversation and she gave me a practice and I didn't do it the way that she said and you know I learned the hard way because sometimes we just like to learn things the hard way that's okay but she gave me the practice she said because of the work that I am doing with other people 
and the energy exchange that often happens that what I needed to do was to protect myself. Now this comes from the Hindu religion and of course yoga finds its roots in Hindu culture. I mean it's not just a philosophy, there's also Hindu culture in it and it's important to honor those things. I love to go back to the origins of practice and teach from the origins of practice, not from the origins of those practices in Western culture but the origins as they are in Indian culture. So I always hope to honor that culture. But she gave me the mantra of Om, Doom, Durga, Ye, Namaha. And this is, well, Om is the universal sound. Doom is the seed sound for the goddess of Durga. So Durga Ye is Durga. And Durga, she's the one you call. She's like the mother energy that's calm. She's strong. She comes in. She helps you when you need that help. But she only kind of comes in when you call her and you kind of have to surrender some of your ego to her for her to step in and support you. There's a longer story about her that I'm just not going to tell you today, but maybe next time, next time she arises for me. But, and then Namaha is um, salutations and greetings. It's, it's a mantra that is, it invites that energy of calm, strength, and protection to carry us forward. So I'll give you three rounds of the mantra, and it may be something, if it resonates for you, you can take it on. If it doesn't resonate for you, then you can simply hear the words and receive them as they're intended and move on with your day. But understanding that these words are creating an energetic matrix to call that energy of strength, calm strength, protection, and guidance into our lives. Om Doom Durga Ye Namaha Om Doom Durga Ye Namaha Om Doom Durga Ye Namaha. So letting that energy of calm strength, the confidence to be who you are, flow through you, support you, and hold you today as you ponder what this world would be like without nasty girls, without woman words, without hot little ones. And then the baker's wife told her, I gotta find the monkey tree, so let's go off and find the monkey tree, whatever the monkey tree is. Thank you for joining me today. I hope your Thursday is a good one. Join me tomorrow for Fan Favorite Fridays with a super, super special guest. You can follow me on the socials, Instagram and Facebook. I'm Rose Crest there. If you want to be a guest on Fan Favorite Fridays, send us an email to songsoftoriamos at gmail.com. We're looking for guests. That does mean you. Uh, make sure you follow uh, Songs of Tori Amos on Instagram and Twitter. Head over to the website, songsoftoriamos.com, and sign up to become a Patreon for special extra gifts. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Shut Up is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information and links to things mentioned on the show, please visit us online at songsoftoriamus.com. Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up.